Hi, and welcome to Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. My name is Ruth Haley Barton, founder of the Transforming Center, and I'm here with Steve Weens, senior pastor of Genesis in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Steve is also a Transforming Community alum, which means we've spent time laughing, growing, and being transformed in Christ's presence in community with other leaders. Thanks, Ruth. And hey, we've appreciated the great response we've had to the first five seasons of the podcast, and we would love to bring more seasons and expand what we're doing with the podcast, but all those things take financial resources. So if you've enjoyed the podcast, we'd like to invite you to become a monthly patron by visiting transformingcenter.org slash patron. That's transformingcenter.org slash patron. You can choose what level of support you would like to give, and you'll get some exclusive bonus content for becoming a patron. Thanks so much for considering it. I also want to let you know that this season, we're walking through Ruth's newest book, which is called Invitation to Retreat. We're going to have one episode per chapter, and we encourage you to purchase the book and read along with us. When you buy the book from the Transforming Center, you're going to receive a signed copy from Ruth and some exclusive bonus offers. So visit thetransformingcenter.org to learn more. Ruth, we're back. Here we are. Can't believe it. <laughs> You're going to be getting tired of me now. Never, never. Uh, season six is called Invitation to Retreat, The Gift and Necessity of Time Away with God. So you've already written a book on solitude and silence. What drew you to write a book about retreat? Mm-hmm. Well, it's really interesting because after people read Invitation to Solitude and Silence, sometimes they'll say, we think you have more to say on that topic. And for a long time, I said, mm, do I really? But I really did have something more to say about solitude and silence. And it's come together around this topic of retreat, which is more about the extended times away. Um, when we actually leave our life in the company of others, we're not practicing it within within our daily life, but instead we're looking at those times when we need to actually be away and have more extended times of retreat in God's presence. So um, I've really, really enjoyed going further and deeper into the topic of extended periods of solitude and silence. I love it. And I'm so glad that you wrote more because I think you do have more to say. So before we get into what you mean by retreat, let's start with the delicious word invitation. What's it like to really receive a good invitation? Oh, well, first of all, with a good invitation, you know, you have a choice. Mm. So an invitation is not coercion or manipulation or forcing the idea of invitation carries with it the opportunity to make a choice. So that's one of the things I love about it because I don't like being told what to do. I get tired of being told what to do or feeling forced into doing things I don't want to do. But a really good invitation, there's something about that that's winsome and compelling and everything in me rises up to say yes. So you think about being invited to a dance by somebody that you wanted to go to go with. You think about being invited to a wedding of people that you love. You think about your family getting invited to spend you know, Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner with another family that you enjoy being with. Um, a pastor gets invited to serve a church that they've candidated at and want to serve. An artist gets to develop banners for the Easter processional. I mean, all of those are invitations that fit us really well. And so there's something in us that just rises up to say, yes, that's the perfect thing. So what what is the invitation to retreat that God gives to yeah. us? Well, the invitation to retreat comes from several places in scripture. There's certainly this idea in the Old Testament that 
there's something special that takes place between God and God's people in the wilderness, that place of intimacy with God. But then in the New Testament, there's Jesus saying to his disciples in Mark 6, come away with me and rest a while. And what he's really doing right there is inviting his disciples to retreat, to pull back from their life in the company of others and to give their full and undivided attention to Jesus for a while. And so the, the language of retreat does have to do with God's invitation to God's people into the intimacy of the wilderness or the desert place where very special things happen between God and God's people, or Jesus' invitation to his disciples to replenish themselves in Jesus' presence and to just be with him um, for all the goodness that takes place there. I love even the when I remember how Jesus called his disciples to him. First of all, he called them, first mm-hmm. of all, to be with him yes. before mm-hmm. he sends them out. Right. And, and I think this is just a theme we see over and mm-hmm. over again. He doesn't want them to get too far from being with, you know, right. before they go off and just do stuff. That that verse mm-hmm. has given me so much life. First of yeah. all, Jesus wants me mm-hmm. to be with him. Yeah, exactly. So good. All right, so let's start with your definition mm-hmm. of retreat. Well, you know, I love to define our terms. And so in the language of our spiritual formation, the, the idea of retreat is a spiritual practice, and it's a generous investment in my relationship with God. So it's an extended period of time in solitude and silence where I'm investing generously in my relationship with God. And so many of us are giving God 20 minutes here and a half an hour there, and, and we're the better for it, right? And we're glad that we've been instructed about how to do that. But there comes a time in our relationship with God where we know we need to give God more of ourselves, and that there's more of God that God wants to give to us, and that for that to take place, it's going to take a more generous investment in our friendship with God. The truth is that the language of retreat has been severely compromised in our culture. So in a secular work environment, um, a retreat means that it's three days of meetings from morning, noon, and night. It's a long meeting from which you cannot go home, Right. right? And then even in our Christian church culture, when we say retreat, we mean you know, the youth retreat or the women's retreat or the men's retreat where people are staying forward to a room where there's programming late into the night where you're up visiting with people. And there's a lot of benefit to those kinds of events because it's for community building and lots of teaching and things like that. But the truth is we're, we all come home exhausted, more exhausted than when we went. And even elders retreats and things like that are times of strategic planning and thinking. They're not times for retreating and resting in God's presence. So in, in this book and in this podcast, I want to reclaim the language of retreat as a spiritual practice that uh, opens us to God and that gives us a place to rest our souls in God. And that actually replenishes us. Yes, exactly. Rather than draining us and sending us back home exhausted. Yeah. So what are the invitations within retreat? Mm-hmm. Well, there's this general invitation to retreat as a generous investment in my friendship with God. But there are these very specific invitations within retreat that this book seeks seeks to sort of unpack. And and actually, we begin each and every transforming community with this particular teaching because we delivered the transforming community experience in retreat format. And so we actually go over these invitations and invite people to listen to the invitations. So there's an invitation to retreat in the military sense of the word. There's an invitation to relationship and relational intimacy with God and with others, an invitation to rhythms. Um, an invitation to recognize and respond to, respond to God's presence, to relinquish ourselves to God, to recalibrate our lives. There's so many beautiful invitations within this more general invitation to an investment in my friendship with God. And that's what this book seeks to sort of unfold and open up for us. 
I love all of those. And I love the intentionality of saying, mm -hmm. here's what retreat is. And here's what I'm trying to do. I remember the first retreat. Yeah. I still do. It was seven years ago now, but in how grateful I was that it was laid out for me mm -hmm. because there, you come into retreat so tired yeah. <laughs> that you don't even know what you want to do or right. what you're trying to mm -hmm. do. So to be led in it that way yeah. is such a gift. Well, the other thing too, is that an invitation, a real invitation demands a response. Yes. And that's the other thing that we talk about as we invite people in is to say, okay, you've heard the invitation. What's the invitation that you're hearing? But now how are you going to respond? Are you going to say yes? Are you going to say no? Um, does everything rise up in you to say yes? Or do you feel any resistance. So the language of invitation is really important because it, it does draw us to respond to God and to say yes or no, and to realize that we do have a choice. So what kinds of people are good candidates for retreat? Mm -hmm. Well, I think we often think that only hermits or only introverts or only tired, retired people go mm -hmm. on retreats. But I really think that all of us who are caught up in the busyness of culture and all the demands that, that are calling upon us need retreats. So we start the book out by mentioning a pastor who's actually involved in a very successful ministry, but certainly the demands on his time are increasing and the emptiness and the hollowness that he's feeling inside as he says yes to all the opportunities out there, but he finds that his life is getting emptier and emptier. Or the young woman who's staying home with her kids and is doing that because she feels called to do it, but she also is having a nagging sense that there's more that God's inviting her to bring to the world and that she's actually starting to feel depressed because she you know, is so very focused on her life and her family and yet knows that there's something that God might be wanting her to contribute to the world. So there's something there to pay attention to and only time alone with God will give her the chance to pay attention. Or the young man who has started a creative company and it's going very well and there's, um, you know, accolades and awards yeah. and things like that. But he begins to realize that uh, there's leadership stress fractures within his company and that that his leadership doesn't match with what's being called from him now. And even that, you know, he's on the verge of making bad decisions if he doesn't have time to be in God's presence with, with all that's unfolding in his life. So all of those are people who need a retreat because they need time to listen to what's going on inside. They need time to listen and respond to God. They need time to rest so they can actually you know, do the hard work of deciding what they're going to do with their lives in response to what they're knowing. So it's really normal people like you and I yeah. um, who have stuff we need to pay attention to in God's presence. What I love about this book is it has so much good information about retreat, but it's also a guide for someone mm -hmm. who doesn't know what to do on, on retreat. It's kind of a spiritual director within a book. Yes, yes. And t let me take you by the hand yeah. and lead you in. And so that is very much my intent with the book is to function as much as I can as a spiritual director through the pages of the book by giving really concrete, um, and you know, instructions, guidance, um, even perspectives and ways of understanding what happens to us on retreat as we get quiet. Yes. So good. Okay. So we've established retreat is for everybody. What is the first invitation that we receive? Mm -hmm. Well, the first invitation of retreat is to do so in the military definition of the word, which is an unusual place to begin because retreat feels like sort of a gentle invitation. So why are we talking about the military? But in the military, sometimes a commander or, um, a captain or something like that will call his troops, his or her troops to actually pull back to retreat in the military definition of the word. And when they do that, it's usually for one of several reasons, either because 
there are too many losses being sustained, and so we find that we're losing the battle, so it's time to retreat. Um, it could be that many many of the soldiers are wounded, and so there's a need for them to heal. It could also be that we realize that we're losing ground, and we need to look at the field from a position that's a little bit farther back, get a perspective, and actually re-strategize for how to engage the battle again. And so what I understand now is that in the military definition, they're actually using the word strategic withdrawal to mm-hmm. talk about retreat because you're withdrawing for a strategic reason and it's a little bit less negative. You could call strategic withdrawal as being a euphemism, but I actually think there's real truth in that idea that in on retreat, we are invited to withdraw for reasons that are really intentional and important. And when you think about it, for those of us who are Christians in our culture, those of us who are actually trying to do something in Jesus' name, we are on the front lines of a spiritual battle. And so the military definition of retreat, I think, really fits for us quite well. And I, I immediately resonate with this idea that I kind of know when I'm in, I, I'm, I'm in a position where if I don't have a strategic withdrawal, mm-hmm. but continue to make oh, decisions, yes. I'm going to make bad Absolutely. decisions. I'm going to have mm-hmm. things that I have to clean up in a major yeah. way. Or if I keep soldiering on when I'm too tired, that, that something's going to go wrong if I keep yeah. pushing past this exhaustion that I'm feeling. So on that note, you... Uh, came across an article by Andrew Sullivan called I Used to Be a Human Mm -hmm. Being, best article title I think I've ever read. It's about a man who found himself in danger due to his constant engagement with technology. Mm -hmm. Right. So how do you see leaders uh, falling prey to this particular addiction, technology? Yeah. And what are the results? Right. Well, you know, it's interesting because I think if I had written this book, 15 years ago, I would not have started having to talk about technology. But that is one of the things that people have been asking about is, when are you going to address technology? And so I see this as being one of the greatest dangers right now in our lives. And it's a place where we do need to pull back. Um, And this guy was, you know, very much involved with the 24-7 news cycle, very much involved with blogging and seeing the latest thing that's happening and being one of the first ones out there with a response and things like that. And he realized many things about himself. But one of the things he realized was that he was um, engaging on the Internet and engaging in writing and responding and reacting on the internet and he actually wasn't living a human life. Yeah. That that every minute that he spent engaging in social media and technology were moments that he was not living as a human being in the real world with real human beings. So penetrating. His insights are so penetrating about what he noticed in himself. And so he actually um, in many ways compromised his whole career to go off the internet, to go off, get off the web, took an extended retreat um, in silence and solitude, and I'm sure re-engaged again, but hopefully differently. So his story about what it meant for him to figure out that he was in danger, to actually make radical choices to withdraw, ones that actually um, cut at the heart of his actual vocational life, and then to go on retreat, and what he faced while he was on retreat is, is really a fascinating picture of, I think, what many of us need today is that we really do need to withdraw from our technologies and significant ways to actually recover our humanity. Yeah. I think we're finding out um, with, and this is all happening so fast, but that our bodies, minds, and souls simply weren't created for the onslaught of constant, right. the constant news mm-hmm. cycle now. We just weren't created for right. that. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a life-saving kind of a move here. If, yes. if we don't address it, I think mm-hmm. we're at real danger. In the last episode or the last season, we talked about the push-pull phenomenon, yeah. you know, when there's this place where you have a push-pull. And um, I think there's an interesting push-pull that I experience these days, and that is that I know that being 
continually engaged with technology is not good for me. And I know that this constant, this news cycle is not good to be engaged in all the time, but there's something that draws me to oh, it yeah. as well. And, and I hate that. Um, because I know what I'm doing. I know I'm wasting two or three hours watching CNN or Fox news and listening to all their opinions about all the news and all that. I know that at the same time I'm drawn to it and I can hardly, you know, extricate myself from mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So in this case, the push pull is saying, Hey, pay attention to what's pulling you in and say no, because it's not pulling you towards, towards what's most needed in your life. So I'm still fascinated by this Andrew Sullivan article and by what he did. He came to this radical point that he knew he had to give this up or else he was in mortal danger. Yes. Uh, and so he took radical steps. How do we begin to identify some of those areas that we feel like mm -hmm. we're in that kind of danger? Well, I think we need to, we need to pay attention as he was willing to do this question. Where am I in danger in my life right now becomes a question that helps us to start observing uh, where we're in danger. So, um, some ways in which people might find themselves to be in danger. We've already mentioned a couple. We're so tired that we're starting to do damage in our lives. We're so busy that we're starting to make decisions without discernment. That's a very dangerous place yeah. in, a, in a Christian person's life. Um, we might notice that there's a relationship that's dangerous to us. Maybe it's toxic in some way, or maybe we're um, you know, flirting around the edges of an inappropriate relationship, but we're not willing to pay attention to it that way. Um, our pace of life might be dangerous to us. And we realize this is just not sustainable. I am dying here. So to be willing to ask the question, where am I in danger in my life right now? And am I willing to pull back? I think is the question that begins to draw us into retreat. I remember one time after having done some of this teaching with a group of pastors, and then I gave them some solitude to pay attention to this very question, where am I in danger in my life right now? And when we came back and processed it a little bit, one pastor said, you know, I found myself asking the question, am I even fighting the right battle? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought that was so insightful and, and so in touch with the deeper dynamics of life because many of us, I think, are spending our lives and our energies on a battle that's not even worth it. So am I fighting the right battle? And to bring that question to God um, as a way of, of beginning to think about um, withdrawing and, and entering into retreat as a spiritual practice becomes really important. So um, the first move really in the practice of retreat is to pay attention to where I might be in danger right now and whether or not God's calling me into this more military definition of putting distance between myself and the battle line in my life. Ruth, one of the things I just love about you is you're always pulling us into a practice mm -hmm. that helps us say yes. So what's a practice that'll help us say yes yeah. to retreat? Well, the first move in the practice of retreat really is to listen to the places where we're in danger, to become concerned enough that we say, I'm willing to pull back. I'm willing to put some distance between myself and the battle line, willing to let God fight the battle for me while I pull back and do what God's inviting me to do. So I think the first move is to actually make the plan to pull back. And that is to identify where you might be in danger, um, to actually, uh, let yourself envision what would help you to pull back. So for instance, in Andrew Sullivan's experience, pulling back had to do with letting go of the 24 seven news cycle and pulling back from all of his blogging and all of his pontificating and responding and reacting. So it was about pulling back from technology. Um, and, and looking at other ways in which a particular retreat kind of environment might help you to put some distance between yourself and the battle line. So, so a place that, that helps you to rest, a place that um, supports you in not being on technology, 
a place that uh, that has real silence and supports in silence, um, a place perhaps that provides you with some spiritual direction. You know, what is the kind of environment that would help me to rest in the ways I need to rest and to pull back from the battle in my own life? Where am I in danger? And what would help me to pull back from that place of danger in my life and then begin to make your arrangements. So, you know, we're actually working on the practice before we even get there yeah. because we actually have to get there. Yeah. That's the first, that's the first step on retreat. Beautiful. Is there a way you'd like to close, uh, this particular episode? Yeah. Um, you know, many times I have utilized a biblical story to frame a book, but this particular book is actually framed from Isaiah 30, the whole chapter of Isaiah 30, so you'll always find me coming and going from that passage. And there's a beautiful prayer in the Book of Common Prayer that actually emerges from Isaiah 30, and I'd like to read that prayer as a way of helping us to start uh, to engage in the practice of retreat. O God of peace, who has taught us that in returning and rest we shall be saved, in quietness and trust shall be our strength. By the power of your Holy Spirit, quiet our hearts, we pray, that we may be still and know that you are God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks so much for listening today. We know there are thousands of podcasts to choose from, and we are grateful you spent the last 30 minutes with us. If God has stirred something in you about your own leadership experience, maybe God is inviting you to begin your own journey of leadership transformation. I was a part of Transforming Community Number 6 way back in 2011, and it was such an important part of my spiritual journey. Transforming Community is a practice-based spiritual formation journey with nine quarterly retreats. The Transforming Community is designed to integrate your spirituality and leadership, helping you reclaim practices and experiences spiritual seekers down through the ages have used to open themselves to God's transforming work. Thank you so much for your support of the Transforming Center and this podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever you subscribe. These reviews and ratings increase the visibility of the podcast. Thanks so much. 